This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Hey, hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And this is going to be a great episode because I am bringing on a series of women who have worked with me through my Weight Loss From Within program. And it's always super exciting for me when I get to bring these women on because it's an opportunity for them to celebrate their journey because my work has nothing to do with me. It's all about the women that I'm here to serve. And I believe in the power of storytelling. And I believe that each of these women are going to say something that you're going to hear and that you're going to resonate with in your own life. So on that note, I've got Janine here today. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. We were just talking about a bunch of things before we hit record. And I know she's going to share them with you. Uh, But Janine, thank you so much for joining me. I know that what you're going to say is going to be so powerful for so many people who are listening. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to do this with me. Hi, everybody. Thank you for this opportunity. This is really cool. I'm I'm excited and I'm nervous and um, I do like telling stories. So let's go. And you're like a regular listener of the podcast too. Yes, yes, so I are, am. are you going to listen to your own episode when it comes out? Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. I do do that. I have done that. Um, amazing. Because that just excites me. So <laughs> well. we first connected in Lisa Kordoff, my good friend Lisa Kordoff, the other Lisa yeah. C on the other side of the world. That's where we first met. And then, yes. you know, you decided to come into my community. So I would love for you to share with everybody how you were feeling about your relationship. And I say that with a giggle because most of the women who work with me don't have a relationship with their body. They have a body that is kind of an afterthought. And this whole notion of having a relationship with their body is is something that, you know, we step into in the program. But can you share with everybody how you felt about yourself and your body when we first met? Yeah. So... I have spent the last couple of years doing um, with my head in this type of work of change and transformation. And it's been incredible for me to shift a whole lot of layers of stories that have built up over the years for me. I come from a long line of martyrs. And Mm. so my life became this tick box of doing all the things, working, studying hard, going to university, getting a good job, building a career, getting married, having children, having the house with the picket fence and all of that. And I had ticked all of that off and was just not looking after myself. And it got to a point of overwhelm, fatigue, exhaustion, burnout. And like so many women that I'm seeing now as I'm more involved in these kinds of communities, Um, just feeling really lost and then turning that all inwards to myself with blaming, Mm -hmm. guilt, shame and all of that sort of stuff. And then in comes the body image and that sense of of self-worth. And I I thought that I had dealt with worth issues and self-esteem, you know, from going from high school days where, you know, I was this dorky, nerdy, straight-A student with glasses and braces, wasn't very sporty, wasn't interested in sport, to then my first career was working in a gym. And I had to kind of just build that all up. So I did and I built up and I had great self-esteem and I had a great body and I enjoyed life and I could eat what I want and I could stay out late and I could drink and I could do all these things and still maintain this kind of physical status that I was very happy with. 
And then all those other things happened, getting married, going out and eating and enjoying food. I love food. I love feeding people. It's been a big part of my growing up. It was all around food. And so food was love and it was Mm. giving. And so I gave that to myself in those moments of overwhelm and stress and angst. Food was that comfort. Food was the connection. Food was the love that I was feeling that I wasn't getting in other places. And, you know, I will say like a lot of that, most of this was just going on in my head. Wasn't any kind of reality or truth playing into it. In hindsight, I can see that now. So last few years I've worked conscientiously on body image, self-worth, self-esteem, confidence. I can easily now put myself out there without too much worry about. Then I had this coffee cup, right? And it says, I have a night, my youngest is nine, and she's this little bubble of beautiful energy and she hangs on my every word and I bought myself this coffee cup with a sleeve that says first I drink the coffee then I do the things and when I saw it I thought oh that's funny it's cool haha I'm so busy I have to drink the coffee to keep going Mm -hmm. kind of thing it's a cool little coffee thing to have so I'd make the coffee and it would sit there now I drink cold coffee anyway so it's not like it's going to get cold but then I would do all the things before I could sit down and enjoy the coffee. So one day she called me out on it. She said, mum, you've got this cup. You're supposed to drink the coffee first. Why are you doing all the things? You never drink the coffee first. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't. And that got me thinking, why? And then, you know, when you've got your head in this game, you start going back through all the stories childhood days and everything and I, and I kind of came up with here I am thinking I've got great self-worth I've got a pretty good body image in the size that I am but I can't give myself a coffee because I don't feel like I deserve it until I have perfectly completed all of these to-do list things and then I went back and it was yeah it was about deservedness it was about you know getting things perfect And if I can't do that, then I don't deserve to have a nice coffee. So this is a theme with a lot of women I work with. They're the last thing on their priority list and they wrap their self-worth and their self-importance up in all the things that they're doing. The busyness. The busyness. And the busyness becomes a way they numb out and distract themselves from actually taking care of their relationship with themselves because it's underneath all of it. They don't feel worthy and deserving of having that time. And, you know, when you mentioned the martyrdom story, this is such a generational thing that's passed from mother to daughter to mother to daughter, where we're actually taught that all of our doing and all of our taking care of everybody else is a sign of how much we love everybody, which it actually has nothing to do with that. And, you know, I know that you've been working really hard to teach your daughters the opposite, that it's about caring for themselves first so that they have more to show up and give to other people and care for other people. Yeah. You know, that busyness, it's worn like a badge of honor because then people also, Mm -hmm. like you bring in that that need for external validation because then people are like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. How do you do all the things you cook for? scratch for your kids and you work and you, you know, have a beautiful home and and all these things. Um, And it just reaches that point where I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. There has to be another way. So when I started thinking about working with you, this little worth story had just come back up and I thought, oh, isn't it? It had kind of been veiled in, like I thought I had dealt with it but there were still these little roots down there that needed a bit of digging up. And so it just made sense to jump in with you. And It's it's so interesting because the self-worth thing, a lot of women that I work with, you know, I hear this all the time, but I've dealt with this, Lisa, and they literally make that, you know, motion with their hands. I've dealt with this. Mm -hmm. I'm over this. Not recognizing that there's still something more for them because 
our behaviors, the circumstances that we're surrounded with will mirror back to us what isn't, isn't okay with us from the inside. So the busy, the doing all the time really showed that you weren't making yourself a priority. Well, how can you have great self-worth and great self-esteem if you're not making yourself a priority? When you're constantly seeking the approval or validation of other people. So like you said, right? Like, look at me doing all the things. And then people are like, oh my God, look at you doing all the things. And I get that story because that was me too, right? Like I've got a classic story of having the breast pump hooked up in my manual transmission car while I drove from a speaking (laughs) engagement to get my baby because I could. And the whole time thinking, oh my gosh, if I crash, this is not going to look good. Like this is just not, you know, who hooks their breast pump up to a cigarette lighter? And yeah, I that would have been interesting turning up right. to that job. Yeah. And I just, this was my life. And people were like, wow, look at you doing all the things. Meanwhile, I was completely spinning myself out into burnout and exhaustion. And a lot of it was, there was a lot of external validation around people saying, wow, you're so amazing. So it was like, I was looking for somebody else to tell me I was worthy. And that's an inside job. And that's yes. really what you know, weight loss from within is all about. Sometimes I'm like, oh, why did I name it that? Because it really has nothing to do with physical weight loss. It has so much more to do with the emotional baggage that we're carrying around, the stories and beliefs about our bodies that are impeding us for many of the women who I work with from getting the physical transformation that they want. Yeah, But so many women, when they go through the program, they realize it was never really about the physical transformation because we have lots of women who go through the program who are trying to lose weight, but they still don't feel at home with their body. So how did you feel about your physical body when you started the program? When I started, I didn't really know what I needed. I didn't know that I needed to have a partnership or a relationship with my body. Like I thought I had a pretty good, healthy self-esteem, a relationship with myself, but I didn't know that I even needed to have a relationship with my body. So I would So interesting. Like just to just pause that, right? That distinction. That whole, like, I'm okay with myself, but I'm completely disconnected from what it means to be in a relationship with my body. So can you go a little bit deeper about like how that would show up in your life, this disconnect from your body. Okay. So I would be all happy and going along smoothly and it would come to going out somewhere and I'd have to dress nicely and I'd be pulling all the clothes out of the cupboard and trying something on it. Oh, I'm not comfortable in this. This doesn't fit properly. And then even making a little bit of, oh, that looks disgusting or I can't go out like that can't wear that out in public because it's not sitting right or it's not fitting well or it's going to look as though I'm not fit to be seen in public by anyone. And that was mostly my experience. It was outside of my home. So inside my home, with my family, with my husband, completely comfortable, no problems at all there. And so, yeah, so it was mostly just going, and I would berate myself and those nasty voices in my head and I'd then resort to you know the black top that kind of just sacked over and the whatever helps whatever other thing yeah no no doesn't help I would hide under those layers so what you're saying is you felt comfortable in your body at home but when you were leaving the house and other people were going to see you that's where you would suddenly now find yourself in self-judgment so you were concerned about what other people were going to think and feel about how your physical body looked. Yeah. And interesting that you talk about judging me being worried about other people judging me. Say for example, if I was at the beach and wearing something skimpy. So what I have learned, and this is only, so I finished working with you. What is it now? A couple of months, maybe ago we finished up and I have, in the last probably month, come to another realisation that previously I was also judging other people 
outside of my home. So a few weeks back, I live in rural, I mean, I'm Melbourne based, but we're in the rural area. So we didn't have the hard lockdown like Melbourne Metropolitan did. So there were times where we could go off and, and do little traveling stints within the state. So I took my girls and we went, got a little lake house and beach area. And so it was just me and the girls and we were down on the beach and I was in a bikini. There were some other women around with, with kids and they were also in bikinis. Now, one was this, you know, super fit, miko athletic body and the other two, one was like me and one was quite large, all in bikinis, frolicking in the water with their children, having an absolute, you know, ball of a time. And I, I just had this, I was watching them in awe and like I wanted to go over and just say, oh, my God, it's so fabulous watching you play with your kids. And it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to witness. And it was then that I realised that I think even previously, prior to that, if I saw somebody, I would be like, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be wearing that. So I would do that to other people too. So this fear of me being judged outside of my own home was because I was doing the judging as well. You nailed it. So this is the thing. When we're concerned about what will other people think of us, we're actually judging ourselves. It's what we're looking at ourselves. And so we often project our own insecurities onto other people. And this is why it's so important to pay attention to what are the things that you are judging in life. And if you turn that finger back around on yourself, what could you discover about yourself? What could you be curious about? Because at the end of the day, what you saw was three amazing women, all with different bodies, living and fully enjoying their lives. And the size or shape of their body, it doesn't matter. Like, it's only the meaning that we attach to our body shape or size that gives it any meaning. Yeah. And it doesn't have to mean anything. So I just, I love that. It probably would not have been well received if you went up and commented on other people's bodies because most people, you know, like we really need to actually look at the whole conversation around why we still feel the need to comment on people's bodies, right? You lose weight, somebody says something, you gain weight, somebody says something. Whereas really our bodies are neutral. It's nobody's business. You get to think and feel about your body how you want to we're not there yet in society and maybe one day we will be I love to think that the conversations around our bodies are starting to change who knows it's women like you though who are teaching your daughters different ways about how to be in their skin to break those patterns it ends here it ends here I love (laughs) not it's not going further (laughs) so what does it look like now to be in partnership with your body because, you know, inside the program, there were a lot of questions. There was a lot of time spent with pen and paper, just being curious about how you really felt about your body. So what did you, what did you discover as you went through this around your self-worth and your self-esteem and how you were not in partnership with your body? I think it was just, I knew a lot of stuff about it, but I just hadn't connected some of those dots. So just cultivating an actual relationship with my body. So speaking nicely inside my head, admiring myself in the mirror. I loved the mirror work. I loved, you know, I would get out of the shower and spend 15 minutes moisturizing my body, doing my makeup. I'd have Ed Sheeran, Shape of You playing in the background and I'd be dancing and singing and it felt so good and the kids would waltz in and out and my husband would be floating around and it was just a completely normal, another weird thing that mum started doing kind of thing. And that really was a practice. It was an act of love and it set me up for a really, really good day. So I, I just want to pause here because I think I want this to really land for people, for the women who are listening. Yeah. You would get out of the shower and spend quality time with yourself, actually putting on moisturizer, looking at your body in the mirror, being present, yeah. dancing, like being in your body, right? So 
dance is so beautiful because it actually sinks us into our, you can't be in your head and be dancing. Like you just, you can't, you have to be in your body. So when I talk about having a relationship with our body, if we were to, to talk about your husband, in order for you to have a healthy relationship with your husband or your daughters, you have to spend some time with them. You have to put some effort yeah. and energy and attention into it because if you don't put effort and energy and attention into the things you care about, they won't be there for you in the same mm-hmm. way. And yeah. this is what happens with our bodies. We treat them as an, an afterthought. We don't give it any time or energy or attention. I can't tell you how many women will not look at themselves in the mirror, let alone yeah. naked. Yeah. Yet this is this is the container you've been given to go through life in. This is the container that has allowed you to have your babies, right? Yeah. To smell, yeah. see, taste, touch the world, yeah. so many things. So I just really wanted to to pause there and acknowledge how powerful that is to just give yourself those five, ten minutes to just be present to the skin that you're in. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It makes a really big difference. And I find if I'm rushing and I haven't actually done that, it doesn't feel so nice. Just like if you're in a relationship where you sort of feel a bit taken for granted because they haven't said the words. And, and you know, like love languages, whether it's words that you're saying to yourself, whether it's acts of service by moisturising and, you know, spending the quality time, like all of those things, you can bring those into to help to cultivate that relationship of love for your body, not just for yourself, but for your body. So that was a, that was a big thing for me is that partnership and the distinction between just loving myself and loving my body. And loving your body. So integrating the two. As it is loving my body as it is now, not when something else might happen. Preach. Right. Like this is a thing and we don't have to, you know, I've said this over and over on the, on the podcast, you don't have to like something to accept it. I don't like my kids all the time and I still love and accept them. Right. It's, it's learning like to accept your body and be present because how can you even get to the place of loving it? If you're not willing to even work from a place of accepting it, it, as it is today, if it never changed without it, you don't have a life. Like if we just bring it down to basics, like you don't have a life if you don't have a healthy body. This has been really put in our face, of course, in 2020. We're really learning to honor our health more and that includes our physical body. So I'm really curious from doing that exercise, what did that change for you in terms of getting dressed when you had to go out? Like how did that, how did you shift the work that you were doing there into, the, into what into was happening in your closet and letting go of judgment yeah. from other people. Yeah. So, you know, we went through our wardrobes and I'm still holding on to a few things because that's just, that's just me. But I did get rid of a lot of things and I've spent lots of money on some new items. That um, fit your that body as it is now. Right yes. here, right now. Yes. yes. And I'm wearing them in everyday situations. So that little one that I was talking about before, she'll come, the big girls go off on the bus kind of early in the morning before I'm usually dressed for the day. She'll, the little one will come up and she's like, oh, you look lovely today, mum, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm just off to do a podcast interview with Lisa Carpenter. <laughs> so I'm starting to just wear the dresses and the, you know, the, the skirts and the flowy things and the pretty things just for my everyday when I'm just at home, you know, because it makes you feel good. Because it feels really nice. I still like, don't get me wrong, I still like my active wear because oh, <laughs> I live, you know, usually I'm, I just live in leggings and runners and singlet tops. But it feels nice to kind of adorn my body and dress it and carry myself without needing a special occasion or without right. needing to go out to do that. Yeah, so that feels yourself. Good. Yeah as a way of loving and appreciating your body, regardless yeah. of if you're going outside, because it makes yeah. you feel good. And clothes really do impact how we feel about ourselves. Yet so many women don't feel good in their clothes because they're waiting until their body looks a certain way yeah. before they'll go yeah. out and spend the money on the things that will make them feel good. So it's like they keep 
feeling good about themselves and feeling good about their bodies at arm's length instead of saying, this is the body I have right now. How can I dress it today to feel good today? Because if you really, feel good, it's easier to make changes in your Really life. embodying it, like not yeah. just talking about it or knowing the theories. And I think that's what I was doing before. I could have sat down and said, oh, yeah, you know, I would do this. and I, But it would be kind of forecast into the future. Mm. It wouldn't be like an everyday thing or a, yeah. So it doesn't have to be about just when you're going out. It can just be your home. You could be home alone and, you know. There's a very short hallway from my bedroom to my office. And sometimes my husband's like, where are you going? I'm like, down the hallway. He's like, okay, you're needing a little extra today. Yes, I am. So yes. yeah, I've been known sometimes to throw on my high heels just so I can walk down the hallway because it's the energy that I want to embody in that day or I'm feeling a little yeah. down and I just, you know, I need to give myself a bump. Clothes are such a great way that you can shift that energy and really care for your body. And most women don't even look at that. And they don't yeah. look at how holding on to stuff in their closet mm. is making them feel like crap because it's clothes that are too small or too big, like everything in between. So every time you go into your closet, it's like the graveyard of past yeah, lives that you wish you could get back to. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I know impacted you in the program. And this is something I've talked about on the podcast as well. I think it was episode 34, the alter ego, creating that version of yourself who you want to become. So I want to hear how you created your alter ego, what it's changed for you, what it's allowed you to step into. Because I know it was, it was powerful for you inside the program. Yeah, it was the most fun part mm. of the program. I loved doing this and I keep going back and kind of adding and, and tweaking. So creating an alter ego. So I've called her Kali kind of after the Hindu goddess of, you know, like destruction and just, you know, you have to destroy to then rebirth and she's fiery and she's got this spark about her and she makes no apologies and she just comes in and does what she needs to do. So kind of loosely based around that, built up the person that I have shied away from being, the person that I've been scared of being, the person who sometimes doesn't want to speak up for herself, the way she carries herself, the way she dresses and the way that she is like kind of rising and exploring what else is there for me. Like I don't need, I've ticked all my tick boxes of, you know, schooling and career and house and family, but what else is there? Like there's more, it's not just you know, we can want more. I can, I'm allowed to want more than that. Um, yes. It's not, you know, kind of a lack of gratitude for where I am or what I have. I'm allowed pause there? To- that, that's so important, what you just said. <laughs> Did you hear that, ladies? You're allowed to be grateful for what you have and want more. It's okay, mm-hmm. ladies, to want more from your life and to want to step into even greater things. I just... So many women withhold that from themselves and they, well, I've got enough and I should be grateful for what I have. Yes. Be grateful for what you have. And I mean, I'm glad I kept asking for more when I was 16 and then 20 and then 30. Like there's no time limit on when you get to stop dreaming and allow yourself to keep calling in more. So anyway, I just had to pause there. Keep going. So good. So I, I wrote it all up. And I'm wordy, you know, so it's long. And I've gone back and and read it, you know, periodically when I feel I need a bit of a boost or when I'm feeling a bit lackluster and I just want to, I know that I can step up a little bit more, but I'm not for whatever the reason might be. And it's just, it's been really empowering to use as a tool. Like, you know, we build up all these tools doing this work And I've found that really powerful. So if I'm in a situation and it could be, it could be in the house, it could be an altercation with my kids. It could be something that's happening with my husband. 
that, you know, those ones where previously you asked for permission, but now you're just kind of saying, well, this is what I really want and this is what I'm going to do, that, that <laughs> distinction there. Whether it's something at work where I need to kind of upstand in some way, I will call on the qualities of her to and go, not just what would she do or what would she say, but kind of oh, I just take a deep breath and step into her and then I go out and say what I need to say or do what I need to do and it's done with with a calmness and a it's really considered. It's not just a reactive, ah, I need this to happen. Yeah, it sounds like you're responding from who you want to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's that being, right? It's, oh, Jim Fortin, huh? the whole be, do, have. So it's not just going, what would Carly do? Well, it's how would Carly be? Let me step into what I know that she is and then I can make my choices or choose my words or my actions on that. And I do that all the time now and it's so good. Really, really cool. I love alter egos. Some people don't like them. Some people don't get them. Some people wrap a whole bunch of meaning around them. But basically your alter ego is, it's you, but like version 2.0. It's you when turning up the volume on all the things you're holding yourself back on. Because I've had people say, well, I don't want to be somebody that I'm not. It's not about creating something that you're not. It's about bringing out what is already inside you. And if you go back to episode 34, which hopefully it's episode 34. Otherwise my podcast editor will put the right episode in the show notes. And you read my alter ego from way back in the day. I think it was from 2017 when I first wrote it. She seemed like a pipe dream, my alter ego, Tyler. And now if you read that, you're like, well, that's who you are, Lisa. Like what part of this And I really do need to go in. And even I have to admit, I've been holding myself from writing that next version because again, it's, I know it's going to be very expansive again. It is so powerful to read that document and know that my words created my reality because like you, I chose to embody who she was in different scenarios and situations, right? Like I just, I literally stepped into her and said, Lisa, you can do this. And even to this day, you know, speaking of Jim Fortin, when I do coaching calls in front of the whole TCP group, which is now like hundreds of people on these coaching calls, damn straight, I'm going to wear my red lipstick because (laughs) it's just remembering like, this is who you are. Like, this is who you are because my alter ego had the courage to wear red lipstick because one of the things when I was younger was like, I can't wear red lipstick. I would stand out too much. I'm not one of those women who can wear red lipstick. So now it is this, I put it on. I'm here to take up space. I'm here to stand out. And it's okay for me to want that for myself. And it's okay for you to want whatever it is you want for yourself. That's in your alter ego. And that's why they are living, breathing documents that are always available for revisions because it's you just creating who you want to be. And it's such a powerful reminder of that. Yeah. Really, really cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. (laughs) So now that you've gone through the entire program, what has changed for you from when you started to where you are now, other than the fact that you just went out and bought like a real bikini (laughs) top and you're going to wear a bikini at the beach. So amazing. But how would you say that you are different now? What pieces of the puzzle really came together for you that have changed who you're being? I feel a whole other level of worth. Mm. And it's come from me. It's not sought externally. It's not something that I've needed permission from anybody else mission four from yeah that one that one I get um, it and there were there were a couple of things with that so gifting myself rest I know that's something that you're really big yes. on because again I was of the still even though you know all this work I was still like oh but I still need to do there's still things to do 
there's always going to be things to do. But if I'm not rested, then I am really not good. As we get old, I'm the same age as you. And I just know as I've gotten older, I can't cope anymore with late nights, burning the candle at both ends. And, you know, I do shift work. So I have to be really careful how I manage my, my rest because if I don't, then I'm very inclined to be snarky with the kids in particular. You know, they're the softest targets and the ones that are always around. And it's unfair just because I've had a late shift and not enough sleep that I'm, you know, snapping at them. Yeah, so, we, talk about, we talk about halt in the program, hungry, angry, yeah. and tired, and really yeah. managing those four things so that you can show up as your best self. So you really recognizing that rest needs to be a priority for you because you can't be the mom and the wife you want to be without it. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. So the rest, really important. Stopping in the middle of the day, you know, if I have to, or just not doing anything for the day when I know I've got a night shift coming up, I would try and get all the things done so it was all done before I went to work why it's only going to get all messed up again when I'm not here anyway. So I will just sit around, I'll mooch around, I'll read, I'll write, I'll go and get a massage or go for an extra long walk and really kind of doing those things for myself, which sometimes means that I kind of withdraw a little bit. I'm not on social media as much. I'm not, you know, I used to fill that time with, oh, let's go out for lunch, let's have a coffee, I'll go down the street and do this job and this job and this job and just kind of batching in everything to fill the time and to to feed that busyness because it's an addiction right yeah so yeah just choosing to not schedule anything in choosing to just sit and see that as not a wasted day I love that yeah because it's you know what I heard you say is you're not withdrawing you're going in. And before you were so disconnected from yourself that you kept yourself busy because you couldn't just be in a relationship with yourself. Yeah. Distractions. Distractions. And now you're saying, oh, I want to spend time with myself. I see the value in, you know, quote unquote, doing nothing. Because when we're doing nothing, we are doing something that's called rest and restoration. We're not here to be human doings, right? So I really love that you're taking that time now. And I think I remember having that conversation with you about your girls and things being picked up. And I'm just like, I remember saying, but what are you making it all mean if the house doesn't look a certain way and it's not all clean and put together? And what would be available to you if you let some stuff go. So it doesn't mean that we let our lives, you know, turn into a complete mess, but it's really looking at the importance we're putting on having things look a certain way all the time and what it's costing you because there is no perfect house. Like you said, you could, you could clean from top to bottom and two hours later, it won't, I don't know if your house is like mine. I'm like, wasn't the cleaner just here the other day? Like what, what happened? Yeah. So letting go of the obsessiveness about that because being in your life is so much more important. And the stories, like you, you mentioned meaning that we add to that is, and the meaning I was adding to that was, oh, they don't respect me. They don't, I just worked really hard to clean that, tidy that, sort that out. And they've come through like a tornado and not even bothered. Like, why do I bother? And I felt like it was an insult, like a direct assault to me that you know they don't respect me of course they respect me well they don't love me enough to appreciate me that's just a whole bunch of rubbish really so that comes back to your story of if I do all these things then other people are going to say that they love me but you're the dot connecting right but your kids I'm sorry they're not thinking of things that way like the, the plate on the counter is a plate on the counter. It has nothing to do about how much mom loves us or not if the plate's put away or if the plate is left on the counter. Like their brains just aren't ticking that way. But because you had attached so much meaning to the things you were doing, you were looking for them to tell you like, oh, I'm so grateful for you, mom, said no kid ever when they're nine. Right? Like we love our kids, but they're just, they're very in their own world. So I really love that you untangled that for yourself. And I bet that it's had a significant impact on your relationship with your kids as well. Another thing there was choice. So like, I, you know, we know we have choices. 
But then a lot of the time we can build stories around, I don't have a choice in this. I have to do this. This is the only way. And that's just purely because we're still so attached to whatever that story was in that particular scenario. And even if we want to bring it back to food and weight and, and, you know, what the kind of premise of this program starts with but then ends up going in all these other directions is that there is so much choice in all sorts of things, including food choices, that they're neutral, that I can make a choice and I can follow through and do that. And then if I need to, I can pivot and adjust and just go and make another choice and pivot and adjust and then just go and make another choice without hanging on to the meaning that we put onto all those choices and then beating ourselves up or feeling guilty or feeling, you know, whatever the other yucky feelings might be that we associate, especially with food choices, is that it's just a choice. Just revolutionary. Revolutionary. So simple. So this is what what women want. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to eat. And then they're like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to eat. And then they self-sabotage where it really just does come down to what is it that you want? How do you want to feel? Is this choice going to support you moving to where you want to go? And even if it doesn't, can you just make the choice, not make it mean anything and move on without beating yourself up, getting into guilt, getting into shame? Like a cookie is just a cookie. So if you're constantly making choices that don't align with what it is you say you want, then there's a bigger thing that we have to look at, Yeah, right? Because these are the stories we tell ourselves. I should want this. I should want to lose weight. So I should just keep doing that, said my perpetual dieters for their whole lives, where actually nobody is telling you, you have to lose weight. Society isn't shoving down your throat that you need to look a certain way. You're choosing to believe that story. And it's just not true. So choice is so incredibly powerful when you really understand it. And when it's conscious. Yes. And you're not just kind of blindly putting things in your mouth or just doing something because that's just what you always do or that's in that scenario, that's what happens usually. That's right. So, And then I've also really kind of embraced choices for whatever it is, whether it's food or activities or what I'm going to say or do, is this going to nourish me? Is it going to protect, you know, it's like energy commanding. I've taken better command of my energy. So emotionally, physically, all the energies, just keeping a much, I don't don't want to use the word control, we'll say command of that is this going to protect my, like, do I need to protect my energy in some way by resting or tapping out or saying no to something? Or is it going to nourish me? So yes, I will participate in that, or I will eat that. And using that kind of protection and and nourishment to guide my choices. You're being responsible for how you're being responsible for your energy. So you're being responsible for your emotional energy, your physical energy. You're being responsible for your choices. You're just being responsible. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that takes practice and it doesn't have to be a big deal because when people hear responsibility, they think like, oh, but it really is about saying what is going to serve my highest and greatest good instead of, and being mindful, you're being responsible of the words you're using when you speak about things. Instead of saying like, I can't have this or I shouldn't have this, is this going to be nourishing? Is this going to support my energy? Is this going to help me feel good? Yeah. That's powerful. And it changes. Yeah, that just changes. It's so much easier, Lisa. It's so much easier to think like that than it is to think the other way. I know. It's so much less like it's just this relief of like, I can just make a damn choice. Do you know so many women don't trust themselves with food? Mm. That's why they struggle with choice. They feel like they use control as a way of managing their fear instead of recognizing that choice is the ultimate freedom and that they can trust themselves. And that's 
that's really what a big part of this program is, is I want women to understand that they can trust themselves. They have everything that they need to know about how to take care of themselves. And these are grown women, like raising children, and they've forgotten that they know how to take care of themselves. And that's what I love as I watch people move through the program is them really coming home to themselves physically, emotionally, and that deep trust so that they can be in that place of just making choices and being responsible around them and being kind and compassionate to themselves. It goes so far for transformation because you can do all this transformational work till the cows come home, but it's really about embodying a new way of being with yourself. And you can't beat yourself up to change. And that's what the diet culture is all about, right? Being hard on ourselves, beating ourselves up. And when you partner with your body, when you truly love and accept your body, it will transform for you Mm. because you'll just be making different choices that support you really loving and nourishing your body. Yeah. And honoring it. Yes. I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways for me is honoring it as it is now in the everyday, not just special occasions, but all the time, constantly, when you're in the shower, when you're coming out of the shower, when you're loving on your partners, when you're with your children, it's so liberating. I can't even tell you. There is so much less anxiety in my life just by these kind of little nuggets that have fallen nicely. Well, your energy is so different from when I first met you. You're so much lighter, right? Just like lighter, lighter in spirit. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to do this. I know that somebody out there is going to really resonate with what you're saying. Mm. Uh, My phone never rings and my phone just rang. So my podcast editor, (laughs) clean that up too. We keep it raw and real here. This is why people are like, aren't you worried about stuff like that? I'm like, no, I built my brand around imperfection. That's what makes it so relatable and easy to listen to. It's so freeing. Easy to be a part of. Right. Because it is, it's just real life. Like I am just a real human and stuff happens to me too. So I really, I'm just so grateful that you took this time. Was there anything any parting remark, words of wisdom uh, oh that you want to share with anybody? Anything that we haven't covered that you're like, oh my gosh, I, I wanted to say this thing. I think I've actually covered everything that I wanted to. I did make some, I've got some notes down here that I've been just flicking down through and I've gone through them all. It's just about having, the, it's, it's easy to know this stuff, like academically to go through and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yep. That's, yep, connection, yep, need a relationship with myself, need a relationship with my body. Uh, Yep, I don't need permission from anyone else to do whatever I need to do. I can get that, give that to myself. But until you actually get it and be it, embody it, that's the crossover, right, in the transformation is knowing it, knowing the theory and actually then going forward and embodying it yeah. and not buying into the, the stories and the, you know, the BS that hold you back from being able to actually live it. So I'm doing all these hand actions and just realising that you can't see hand actions in podcast. But, yeah, so I think just that distinction of having, like showing up for it, learning it, and then actually embodying it, taking it with you when you leave the space of these types of communities. Yeah. And that's what you did, right? So anybody who's listening, who's like, well, I can't look at myself in the mirror. That's the work, right? You you took the journal prompt, you took what you needed to get out of it. And then you made the commitment to this is what I need to do every day to practice. And you stayed with the discomfort of it until now it's not uncomfortable. Now no, you're it's just every day. It's just normal. part of your self-care yeah. routine. Yeah. That's what it looks like to embody it. And so many people want to avoid the uncomfortable bits, but that's where the transformation is. It's staying with the uncomfortable bits that you don't want to be present to because mm-hmm. what's on the other side of that is really where the transformation is. Yeah. So 
thank you again for coming on, Sumi. You're I so wait. welcome. I can't wait to get it in everybody's ears. I don't even know when things are coming out anymore because, you know, I'm all grown up now and have this podcast editor. Shout, yeah. out, to, uh, shout out to my podcast editor, Stacey Harris at Uncommonly More. They've been really amazing because I'm still, you know, doing things a little bit on my own schedule. So they've been, yeah, really, yeah. They've been really awesome. But uh, it's just been amazing having you here and it's just been great to see your face again. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. This was gorgeous. It was lovely. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you. It's just fun. It's just a conversation with me. Everybody who's nervous, I'm like, we're just going to have a conversation. It's going to be great. So thank you listener for tuning in to another episode. And I look forward to being in your earbuds next week. Please make sure that you reach out on Instagram, drop into my DMs if this resonated with you. And as always, I would be so grateful and honored if you headed over to iTunes or your listening platform and left a rating and review and shared the episode if you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I will see you or you'll hear me on the next episode. Happy New Year! Now, you may or may not realize it, but it's that time again. We have officially opened the wait list for our next live round of Weight Loss From Within. So if you have yet to hear about this program, this is a six week live transformational journey that is to support you connecting in with the relationship that you are having with yourself. So this program is gonna be for you if you're like most of the women I've worked with who've spent thousands of hours and dollars searching for a solution to help you feel better in your body. Now, you may or may not want to lose weight, but you know that weight is a symptom of a deeper problem and you are 100% committed to working on your relationship with yourself, self-love, self-worth, and understanding what it means to have body positivity and feel good in your skin. You know that another diet is not the answer and it's okay that you may still want to lose weight. So weight loss from within isn't about saying you could never lose weight. It's about approaching weight loss from a different perspective. It's about doing the inside out work so weight loss becomes easy. So this program is gonna be for you if how you feel about your body has become more important than the number on the scale and you are so tired of beating up on yourself and being hard on yourself. You're tired of all the rules and you want to know what it feels like to trust the wisdom of your body and you also want to make taking care of yourself non-negotiable. So if that is you, if that is you and you are ready for not new year, new you, but new year, knowing yourself better, being committed to being in an intimate relationship with yourself from the inside out, you're going to want to make sure that you are on the wait list and that you don't miss the opportunity when we open the doors to this transformational program. So before you do anything else, head over to lisacarpenter.ca WFW waitlist. And I can't wait to welcome you inside the program when we kick off.